the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, January the 2nd, 2020, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on January 2nd, 1960, Senator John F. Kennedy, Kennedy of Massachusetts, he launched his successful bid for the presidency. Today in 1788, Georgia became the fourth state to ratify the U.S. Constitution And today in 1900, U.S. Secretary of State John Hay, he announced what he called the open-door policy. That would probably mean something different today. Open-door means no borders, but his open-door policy was to facilitate trade with China. That was back in 1900. Today in 1935, Bruno Hapman, he went on trial in Flemington, New Jersey. He'd been charged with kidnapping and murdering the 20-year-old son of Charles and Ann Lindbergh. Hapman was found guilty, was executed. Today in 1959, the Soviet Union launched its space probe, Luna 1. It was the first man-made object to fly past the moon that we know of, of course. Today in 1967, Republican Ronald Reagan, he took the oath of office as the new governor of California. The ceremony was held in Sacramento. Today, in 1974, President Richard Nixon signed legislation that required states to limit highway speeds to 55 miles an hour. Boy, that would be slow. They'd drive 55 miles an hour on neighborhood residential streets now. But anyway, 55 miles an hour as a way of conserving gasoline in the face of the OPEC oil embargo. I'm sure many of you remember that. I do. Long lines at at the um, service stations and one thing or another. The 55-mile-an-hour limit was effectively phased out in 1987. Federal speed limits were abolished in 1995. Five years ago today, California began issuing driver's licenses to illegal immigrants. And five years ago today, little Jimmy Dickens, country singer, songwriter, He was the oldest cast member of the original Grand Old Opry. He died at 94 years old. I have fond memories of little Jimmy Dickens. He used to come to our church in North Hollywood when he was out west, as they would say, from Nashville. And he would park his motorhome in our parking lot. And parking was a premium. It is anywhere, but in Los Angeles, it really is a premium. And he would park his motorhome there, and sometimes he wouldn't move it for several days when he was in town. But he was a a nice little guy, and he loved the Lord. He died five years ago today, 94 years old. Hey, it's good to be back. We took a week off, and I'm sure if you listen regularly or somewhat regularly to this program, you know that uh, we have been taking a break. It's good to be back. I missed talking to you, seeing you every morning as it is. And um, I want to thank you for standing with us. We got a lot of cards and notes at the end of the year, and a lot of people just wrote checks. But whatever your expression was, uh, thank you so much. 
we appreciate your support. And, man, it means a lot to me because I feel very strongly that God has called me to do this. And as I've said many times, but I say it often because it is really the root of my heart in regard to this ministry. We couldn't do this without you. And I know that's obvious, but I want you to know that I know. I I could not turn on the microphone and talk if you didn't stand with us in your support. And I know that there are... I, I got... Even from the religious left, from Jim Wallace, I got four fundraisers on um, the 31st, on on New Year's Eve day, telling me this was my last chance to support his left-wing religious activities. I don't know how I got on his list, but I, I, I've left my name on his list just to kind of observe what they're doing. But a lot of legitimate organizations, some of which are headed up by friends of mine, were sending out four and five and six and seven and sometimes 10 appeals for money in the last hours of 2019. We don't do that, not because we think we're above it all. We just don't do it. And we just feel that if God speaks to hearts and you're responsive, then we'll carry on. And if that's not the case, then we won't. So thank you so much for standing with us. Also want to thank the people who sent sent up it's a plaque it's pretty good size probably 30 i didn't measure it but probably 30 34 36 inches wide i don't know it's a couple couple of feet maybe 30 inches high and um engraved on that with like a wood burning pen is the lyrics to the hymn the wondrous cross when i survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of glory died i was talking about that here a few weeks ago and Apparently, they were struck with that, and it meant a lot to this couple. They support our ministry, and uh, so they went to work and made this plaque and sent it to me. I want to just tell you and tell all of you that I put that in the studio, and I'm actually looking at it right now, and every day when I'm on the air, you will know that, uh, among other things, I'm looking at a lot of notes. I'm looking at the Internet while I'm on the air here, and I'm trying to listen to God with all my heart and mind, and... um, talk to you because we're live on many of the stations some were not we're delayed a little bit uh, an hour or two but it's pretty pretty current what we're doing here and so i'm trying to stay current even as we speak but in the background of all of that is the words when i survey the wondrous cross and uh, that is always on my mind and that is always in my view because we try to look at what's happening in our world today from a biblical worldview. And believe me, much is happening in our world today. On Sunday, this past Sunday, NBC News political director Chuck Todd, he dedicated the final Meet the Press, or on every Sunday morning, that would that would have been, and it, it was, the final one for 2019. He spent the whole time, the whole hour, talking about, basically talking about and insisting that President Trump had brought about a post- truth society. He said, we live in a post-truth society. Well, I couldn't agree more with that. The same network that pushed the totally debunked Steele dossier about made-up stuff about Trump and, and all of that. I mean, you, we've heard that till we're sick of it. For years, they tried to sink Justice Brett Kavanaugh's nomination with these ridiculous allegations from this Julie Swetnick. NBC led that, the Julie Swetnick appearance right at the end of the hearing. 
they're now wanting to lecture the public about falling for and spreading lies and misinformation. They are the fountain of lies and misinformation. In the process, Todd lashed out at Christians and Jews. <laughs> he did, for believing in fairy tales. These are his words, not mine. Fairy tales like Noah's Ark. Todd asked, he said, why do good people, this is NBC, this is their flagship program, their news program, Meet the Press. He said, why do good people support Trump? He said, well, it's because they have been trained from childhood to believe in fairy tales. He said, this sets their minds up to accept things that make them feel good. The more fairy tales and lies, the better they feel. He said, this is a quote. He said, show me a person who believes in Noah's Ark, and I'll show you a Trump voter. Well, he's probably right. He said, voters, I'm quoting him. He said, voters want to be lied to sometimes. They don't always love being told hard truths. Then he went on to quote somebody. I, I can't remember who he was quoting, but some guy. He said that this guy, I think his first name was Nim or something like that. I, I didn't get it. But anyway, he said, there are four Ds when we look at leaders that try to deceive and those four Ds, he went through that very quickly. I'll, I'll give them to you. He said, the four Ds was no, number one. These are people who try to, to mislead the public. They practice these four Ds, like A, B, C, D. Number one, dismiss. Attack the critics to erode their credibility and invalidate the facts. Number two, distort. If the facts are against you, make up your own facts. <laughs> I'm not making this up. This 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 guy is saying this. Chuck Todd on NBC on their flagship news uh, program. Number three, distract. If you are accused of something, accuse someone else of the same thing. And the fourth D, number four, is dismay. Threats and intimidation and confuse, discourage, and trouble people with news stories. Man, the liberal media has done every one of these. NBC, probably the leader. And yet they're trying to point out what the right, the conservatives, do to mislead the people they're misleading. It's amazing. And on the second point, NBC and other news organizations are being sued as we speak right now for falsely labeling that 16-year-old kid. Remember him? That kid that was in Washington, D.C. here some months ago? from a, I think he's from a Catholic high school somewhere. I can't remember what state they were from. It wasn't out here in the West, but it was, I don't know, maybe the Midwest somewhere. But anyway, there's a group of kids, and they were standing there waiting for a bus. They were on some kind of a tour. Or maybe it was a pro-life deal. They were they were there for the pro-life meeting. That's what it was. And But they're near the Lincoln Memorial, and they're waiting for their bus to come pick them up. And there's this weird Indian guy with a drum, and he's beating it there in some kind of a trance almost. And it's some kind of a mystic religion that he's advocating. And they're standing there watching him. This guy walks up to them. Remember that? We saw we saw the pictures on the news. This guy walks up to them and he's beating this drum and, and doing this this little chant. And um, th these kids, especially this one kid, I can't remember his name, but he's looking right at the guy. He's doing nothing, just standing there looking at him, waiting for his bus. And this guy is almost taunting this kid 
with this drum, this Indian guy. And the news media took pictures of that, and they turned the story around, and they reported, NBC probably the most of all of them, but all of them reported, that this kid was taunting the Indian guy. And it was the exact opposite of that. And the video is very clear that it was. But that was the narrative they wanted. You talk about misleading the public. Now the parents of this kid is suing NBC and I I think CNN, one other news organization, who were the most egregious with their false reporting. But all of them blamed the kid. And he didn't do anything wrong. He was just standing there looking at this guy like anybody else would have been. The guy was weird. So that's the tone for 2020. I want to talk to you a little bit about some things that we'll be looking at in 2020 on this program. But again, I thank you for your support. Not everybody agrees with us. We are have been on, on in Seattle now for uh, several weeks. We're beginning to get response from Seattle. Thank you. If you're listening in Seattle, we need to hear from you. And for all of you who have, who gave birth to this program on ACN, uh, thank you. I mean, man, I, we just couldn't be here without you. And I want to co- ask you to continue to stand with us and stand as strongly as you can because our budget is, is there every month. We do not have a reserve that we can draw from. It's just month to month. And here we are several number of years later as we, we started this. But those of you who listen on ACN, you know Some of you have told me you heard us the first day we were on several years ago and have stood with us, and I thank you for that. And I would encourage you to stand with us this year because the battle is going to be great this year. It's going to be – 2020 is going to be a year unlike any we have seen. And I know some of you guys are getting older. Some of you are over 40, uh, and uh, you've seen a lot. And we're going to see things this year that are unlike anything we've seen and that I've seen, and I've been in ministry and pastoral ministry my entire life, and I've seen a lot, but I know that we're on the on the verge or on the precipice of seeing some things that we've not seen in our lifetime here in America, and it's not going to be pretty. But through it all, I want to maintain this truth and, and repeat it as often as needs to be repeated. God is in control, and Almighty God, nothing... Nothing surprises God, and God created it all, and his universe runs in precision, and we're going to be living in chaos here, but there is a God who is over all, and we can appeal to him in our prayers daily, and he hears and answers prayers, and we want to go forward into 2020 with that assurance, and that is where I'll be coming from and have been coming from every day that we've done this program. And going forward every day that we do this program, that is behind what we are saying. We are pointing out the news. We are pointing out what's happening that particular day or within the few hours of that day. Every day we're talking about it from a biblical perspective. But we are also talking about it with an assurance that God is in control. He really does have the whole world in his hands. That little chorus we used to sing years ago. It's true. He does. Sometimes it doesn't feel like God's in control, but he is. He is. So never, ever forget that. Be informed, but don't be discouraged. Don't let all of this junk that's going on in our world, and it's going to accelerate. Don't let it 
just overwhelm you or discourage you. Because greater is he that is in you and me than he that is in the world. Well, Gallup came out with their new poll. Obama and Trump are tied as the most admired man of 2019. I'll bet, I don't know this, they didn't say so, but I'll bet some of the guys at Gallup were surprised. Because the media, Gallup is kind of a, they're not like far left, but they're not conservative for sure. But I think Gallup, probably even Gallup, thought that maybe people didn't like Trump anymore. I mean, you see all this stuff and the media is so biased. But it's interesting that Gallup, and they would not have waited this thing to get a result, uh, especially that result. I think even they had to be surprised that Trump, because you'd think, Nobody, you. I mean, if you watch the news, everybody hates Trump, right? Well, no, they don't. Obama and Trump tied for the most admired man in 2019. Michelle Obama was the most admired woman. Number two was Melania Trump. Number three was Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey would not be number three on my list. Of course, Michelle Obama wouldn't either, but nonetheless, that's the Gallup poll that's out today. As we go forward, I'm going to be touching not only on what's happening in the news, but I'm going to be talking about what's behind it, the basis, the worldview. And I want to talk to you just for a few moments about that this morning. I won't get nearly as far as I'd like to. If we had an hour, I could talk another half hour, but I won't be able to do that this morning. But I want to, again, thank you for your support. It is it is so necessary. There, The more people that listen, and we have a growing audience, the more resistance there is to what I'm saying. This is not new to me. I've been in the media and on the media a good part of my life, all in Christian ministry. I am not unaware that there are people that don't like guys like me, and they don't like what we say. I'm very aware of that. So we need your prayers as well. But I need you to stand with me this year and let God lead you as to how and how much and how that all works. But I cannot, and I'm not going to be sending you 20 emails and talking about it all day, every day on this program, but know that we need your support. And we deeply, deeply appreciate those people who stand with us each month. Thank you so very, very much. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. One of the reasons the Democrats are so intense on taking over power in the United States is so they can change the U.S. Supreme Court. They've talked about stacking it, which is a tactic that I guess is allowed under the Constitution because the Constitution doesn't number how many people should be on the Supreme Court. And they're talking about stacking the court. Joe Biden was talking about it this week while I was off. He was talking about this a couple of different times. But one time, he, I think he was in Iowa somewhere. And, and here's what he said. I got a hold of, the, of a transcript of his words. He says, he, he says, I won't be satisfied until half of the U.S. Supreme Court is filled with women who hold a living document view of the Constitution. That means they believe that it doesn't say or mean what it did when the founders wrote it. Um, 
that's a general uh, feeling or belief among the far left. They don't want it to be a static document. They want it to be living, dynamic. So it means something very different than what the what the founders wrote. The constitutionalists, the conservatives on the Supreme Court believe that it is a document and it says what it says. And it means what it means to America. This former vice president, he told the Democrats, he said, the Supreme Court justices Elena Kagan and Ruth Bader Ginsburg have a philosophically correct view of the high court. Well, they don't. They're far left. They're activists. They use the court, especially Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who's dying with cancer right now. And, and the left is panicked, not because they love her so much. They just love what she acts and stands for. And they don't want Trump to replace an, a third a third person on the court. But the Supreme Court is up for grabs. And if the Democrats win the 2020 election, I guarantee you they will try to stack the court and put a whole bunch of far-left liberal activists on the court. They will. I mean, they're saying it out loud. Joe Biden said for 22 years, I think it was, he said, I taught constitutional laws, the separation of powers. What I presided over as the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, he said, they tell me more Supreme Court nomination judges than anybody in history just because I've been around so long. He said, the people that I would appoint to the court are people who have a view of the Constitution as a living document, not as a state document. I think he means static or static document. I think, I don't know, but state, anyway, he said state document. And um, he said, I argued and continue to argue, and the book of academia, academia agrees with this now, is that, in fact, there is a right to privacy in the Constitution. He said it isn't mentioned in the Constitution, but it's there. Well, <laughs> they say that about abortion, too. He said it's the Ninth Amendment. There are a number of rights in the Constitution. He said that there, there are a number of other rights, I'm quoting him here, a number of other rights that exist that relate to how you view whether or not all the amendments taken together in the Constitution constitutional body actually protects people in their privacy. And so they're, they're the kind of judge. I would look to judges, potential nominees. They would have to acknowledge the fact that there are enumerated rights that are nonetheless constitutional rights that are not mentioned by name in the Constitution. What he's saying and promising, and, and I, I believe him, I mean, he will do this, and so will all the rest of those people on stage. He said, what he's saying is, I'm not going to appoint anybody to the Supreme Court unless they believe in a whole bunch of rights that are not mentioned in the Constitution. But because we declare it to be a living document, then we can say, well, it doesn't say that, but that's what it means. And that is liberalism, progressivism, in a nutshell. He says that Justices Kagan and Ginsburg are blueprints for the proper Supreme Court justice, and that's whom I will nominate. And he said, and by the way, he said, I've said for years that I'll, I'll be satisfied when at least half the court represents the country and are women. Well, I like women. I spent a lot of time over the holidays with women. I'm married to my wife of <clears throat> many years <laughs> since our childhood. I have daughters. I have granddaughters. I like women. They're great. They're phenomenal. God made women. I mean, why the push? I mean, at all costs to make men and women the same. And that's what this is really all about. I know a lot of people get nervous when I say that, but it, boy. 
And the religious left is pushing this year, pushing hard. They want, in fact, Jim Wallace, I got eight fundraising email from Jim Wallace on New Year's Eve day, the 31st. Eight of them. Got one this morning thanking all of us for donating to him. I've never donated to him. That's the last thing I would donate to. He's kind of the leader of the religious left. He's looked up to by many, unfortunately, some in evangelical churches. I see pastors inviting this guy into their pulpit. I can't believe they do that. I can believe that First Baptist Church in C- Seattle does that. They're so far left, they I mean, they don't know there's a right. I mean, I understand that, the Episcopal churches and some of those, but some churches that claim to be evangelical host this guy as a guest speaker. He stands against everything from abortion to gay marriage and all of this. It's shielded by his compassion message. But the religious left, I mean, why did Obama embrace him as his, quote, pastor, advisor? Because he agrees with the left on every social issue and other issues as well. But he's saying that the goal of, and they have several million followers and sojourners. I see universities following him almost like he's like, like a prophet from the Old Testament or something. He says, our goal this next year is changing the conversation on faith and politics in the lead-up to the 2020 presidential election. Those are his words. What that means is we're going to change people's minds. What that means is that Hillary Clinton, when she said that we need to get the Christians to let go of their old codes and moral beliefs, when when Barack Obama said we've got to get through these people or dismiss them, these people in the middle of the country that are clinging to their Bibles and their guns and all of that, that's what they're talking about. And this guy is talking about that, Jim Wallace from the pulpit. And he says we've got to change the conversation this year. That's what that means. We've got to change the minds of people. It's the same thing that Chuck Todd was saying on NBC last Sunday morning. There are these people out here that are so nuts that they believe in Noah's Ark. Those are some of the challenges that we'll be facing in 2020. This is a time that we need to know what we believe. We need to know what we stand for. Many people are comparing the Roman Empire and America, and I've done some in-depth studies on that. We'll be talking about that as we move forward. There are some parallels. There's no question about it. In fact, in all 21 or 22 civilizations that have existed, major civilizations before us, there are parallels to their decline and their demise. But it doesn't have to be that way because America was founded uniquely, not on old bloodlines or old borders, but on ideas, specifically ideas and deeply held beliefs that are based in biblical truth. And that's the difference. But we are walking down some of the same paths that all of the civilizations before us walked down as they entered the dustbin of history. So it's important that Christians live out their faith, not in a building somewhere, but on the, in the marketplace and on the streets, in the communities, that we do what Jesus told us to do, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and baptize them. It's important that we do that, to be obedient and to help to secure and maintain our culture. Well, again, thank you so much for being with me today, and it's good to be back, and we will get into some of these things tomorrow. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about guns 
in church services tomorrow on this program. So be with me then, and we will see you then. Thanks for being here today.